this dude can literally command a military base. And at his promotion ceremony, there's some fucking dickhead <laughs> playing baritone, just making shit up on the spot. <laughs> shitheads alan the wizard and welcome to the first ever the high hide podcast i used to do a podcast like seven years ago and recently i've been kind of getting the itch to do it again so you got to start somewhere and this is the somewhere i'm starting so thanks for joining me glad to have all of you listening any anyone listening really appreciate it I'm going to talk about whatever I dislike, because I feel like I dislike more things than I like. So throughout the week, I'm just going to write down the things that I find myself complaining about. And then I'm going to come here and I'm going to complain about them to you, the the audience. Uh, eventually, I want to bring on special guests that know about things that I know, but more about things the things that I know than I know, if that makes any sense at all. I'm going to talk about, there are things that I like, and then there are definitely things that I dislike. And personally, I think that people say love will bring us together. I personally feel that hate brings people together more, you know, like how many people have bonded over just mutual hate of somebody? Like, oh, that guy's a dick. You're like, yeah, that guy is a fucking dick. Now we're buds. Um, but yeah, th there are also things that I like. And for that, I got a little wheel. And when I do this, it spins it <laughs> and it makes a fart noise. Because <laughs> uh, farts are the funniest. So when I, when you hear that noise, that's just going to be me spinning a wheel. Uh, and then it's going to land on a random topic. Uh, the topic that just got landed on is Air Force. Whatever topic it lands on, I'll tell you a story about it. So since we landed on that, um, I'll just start with the fact that I was in the marching band in the United States Air Force. And I don't play an instrument, and I didn't then either. <laughs> a lot of people are probably thinking, like, well, how did that happen? If you don't play an instrument, why would they put you in a band? That's a great question, uh, and I got a great answer during the recruitment process, my recruiter told me, no matter what you do, don't raise your hand for anything. They're going to put you in a room. They're going to, you're going to be tired, just sleep deprived like crazy. Uh, don't put your hand up. They're going to come storming in and asking questions. And when they do, just keep your hand down. And sure enough, they put us in a room. It was, you know, we got to Lackland Air Force Base in San Antonio, Texas at like midnight and the get off the bus and just yelling and screaming and they throw you in a room. And two hours later, you're sitting there at the position of attention, trying not to fall asleep. And uh, a, a sergeant comes storming in and he just goes, who in this room has played an instrument at any point in time in their life? And I had. I had played an instrument in my life. My dad's a middle school band director. I've played a lot of instruments. Uh, and in my sleep-deprived state, the hand shot up. If your hand's up, come with me! 
And that was that. I was then in a band flight. Then the first meeting of band flight, where we met with the instructor who was going to be teaching us how to play music, or teaching us how to play music for the Air Force, <laughs> he, uh, I asked him, I was like, hey, I played an instrument, dot, 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 in third grade, I played trumpet and trombone. And he said, that's great, you'll play baritone, because that's in between. So not only am I can't read music, uh, I'm playing an instrument that I've literally never played before. And I told him, I was like, hey, man, I can't read music. And he's like, why'd you put your hand up? And I said, I don't know, that's a great question. Uh, and I said, are you going to be able to like take time to you know tutor me and teach me how to read music? And he goes, no, that's not how this works. You're just, you're going to have to play. So fortunately for me, there was another baritone in band flight with me. So I would literally sit in the back and like hold the instrument to my lips and move my fingers on the valves, but no noise would escape. <laughs> so I'm just sitting there pantomiming, fucking playing a baritone. Uh, and then one day she was sick and the instructor stops us in the middle of it after a section where baritone was pretty prominent. And he's like, what the fuck was that? He's like, hey, hey, what, what is, what is going on here? Why does this sound so terrible? And I told him, I was like, dude, I don't play an instrument. I thought, you know, I was like, please teach me. He's like, well, that's not, once again, not how this works. Like, I can't, there's nothing I can do to help you. And I was like, all right. So, yeah, I, I played people's promotion ceremonies. Like, when, and you graduate boot camp and you march and all your friends and loved ones are there and generals and colonels and all sorts of powerful people are there at the base. It's the biggest day of some of these people's lives at this point. Like, you know, graduating high school, whatever, anyone can do that. But, like, military, people got washed out. People didn't make it. People got medically separated for, you know, injuries sustained. So this is a big day for these people. And I'm marching along. Just making shit up. Making shit up as I go. And... <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so then I learned my lesson after I graduated boot camp. I went to tech school in Wichita Falls, Texas, Shepard Air Force Base. Get there and, uh, like I said, learned my lesson. Didn't put my hand up. And they're like, all right, who was in band flight last time? Not me. I didn't put my hand up. And then a guy who was in band flight with me goes, hey, Kettner was. He didn't put his hand up. Thanks, Dustin Odell. Yeah, I'll, I'll name drop you, dude. I don't give a fuck. Like, I'll remember you till the day I die as the guy that got me back in band flight in tech school. Uh, and right back in it, I tried to, you know, not be in band flight because I'm not, I don't play an instrument. Uh, and, it, and then I was back in band flight. And that time around, I actually played a general's promotion ceremony. This is, you know, like graduating boot camp is a big deal for a lot of people, but they turn out thousands of graduates. I want to say like even a month, like every month they turn out because there's a weekly graduation ceremony. And then there's like four squadrons of people that go through and each squadron has hundreds of people. So yeah, like weekly, they're turning out thousands of graduates what that's it's it's a big deal for most but like it's not that big a deal but this was a general's promotion ceremony so this dude is going from a colonel to a general 
This guy has worked his way up. He got a four-year degree to be an officer. He climbed the ranks. Now he's a general. Like, this dude can literally command a military base. And at his promotion ceremony, there's some fucking dickhead <laughs> playing baritone, just making shit up on the spot. Marching along. Biggest day of this guy's life is being, <laughs> is being played by a guy that has no fucking idea what he's doing. <laughs> but also that day, that day I saw like the gnarliest storm I'd ever seen until I got to Korea. Like it, we're standing there in a position of attention and we're all holding, you know, metal instruments that are just light, literal lightning rods. And as we're standing there, it went from like 85 degrees muggy to 40 degrees in a matter of minutes in just this black cloud that looked like something out of Independence Day when the aliens roll in. Literally, you watched this roll in. Like, you, I, I can't describe it any better than the clouds physically rolled. It was insane. Insane to see. And the temperature drop. And as we're standing there, it starts to... And in the military, they got this thing called lightning within five. Where if there's lightning within five miles of wherever you are, they shut the entire operation down because we're working with explosives and things that are very expensive and dangerous. So yeah, lightning within five, that just meant you're pretty much on break until there's no more lightning. And we heard the lightning within five warning, but we're in the middle of a general's promotion ceremony. Like, we're not going to stop this shit on the biggest day of this guy's life because there's lightning. Like, we're expendable. If a guy with a tuba gets struck by lightning and dies, whatever. You know, he's only been in the military maybe a month and a half. He's easily, easily replaceable. Um, and, yeah, they, they the guy just started speaking faster and faster to run through this. And by the end of it, it's like, thank you for uh, attending today, and everybody have a good time. Ran. Generals in their military blues and majors and colonels and everybody are just running, running to get inside. And we're standing here holding literal metal lightning rods in our hands at the position of attention because we're, don't, we're not granted the luxury of running away from the threat that's on its way. No, we had to sit and wait until, event, like, the guy or band director or whatever, I don't remember what his title was, but he looks around and he's he's like, he's like, oh, oh shit, okay, um, dismissed. And we all ran. And as soon as we made it indoors, in a building that wasn't even, like, where I did my instruction, like, my, my classes, just a, the first door we could find, closed it and just dumping, dumping rain. Um... But yeah, that that would that's the story of me in band flight in the United States Air Force. So that's one thing I'm gonna be doing every week. Uh, I'm just gonna add stuff to the wheel. If there's something you want to hear me talk about or rant about, uh, leave a comment wherever this is posted, and I will add it to the wheel. Um, I'll give you a breakdown. Right now, I've got Air Force, which you just heard. 
Donuts. I love donuts. I'll go on donut tears. Fast food. Uh, fast food connoisseur. I've got the diet of uh, an 18-year-old skate rat. I've never evolved beyond that. I love gas station food. I got a section called Things I Hate, which is really just this whole uh, podcast. Video games. Every now and then I play some video games. I'll just talk about whatever I'm playing or whatever I'm into. We got a section for Dungeons and Dragons. I've been playing almost weekly for the past three years with just some of my best friends, and the campaign has evolved in amazing ways. Uh, so I might give you a, a D&D anecdote or talk about you know the mechanics of the game or my character, whatever, if we land on that. Uh, I got another section for religion. Uh, I was born and raised into a Christian house, and if you know me now, I'm, I'm not <laughs> not very religious anymore. So that is a, a, a hot... A hot button topic that I enjoy ripping into. Uh, and then the last wedge we got right now is politics. And I think politics are for fucking nerds. And we, the girlfriend and I were watching Ink Master the other day. And one of the challenges was they had to tattoo their uh, human canvases political hero. And it's like, man, if you got a political hero, you're a fucking geek. Unless you're going to be a politician, like, that's the fucking nerdiest shit possible. Like, I also despise sports. I think they're fucking dumb beyond skateboarding. But, uh, like, I, I get having a sports hero, like Muhammad Ali, you know, or uh, I, can't, I can't think of any other sports hero beyond that because who fucking cares? But, like, sports, whatever, that's one thing. But, like, politics, to have a political hero, you're a fucking dork. Um... Yeah, so that's that's the spin the wheel. So when you hear this noise, it's a pile of parts. <laughs> yeah, uh, you, that means I'm going to be talking about just something random, and it's just going to be off the cuff. So this week, some notes that I've made, things that I complain about. People that wear pajamas in public, I don't trust them, you know? Like my girlfriend, I get, I get pajamas at home. I love pajamas. They're comfortable. Uh, my parents get me a pair of pajamas every year, and that's, I, I own maybe two pairs of pajamas, and I don't wear them often because I don't need them, uh, but when you, when the time is right and you put on pajamas, it feels great, and I get it, they're comfortable, but I would never think about wearing pajamas in public, ever, and the people that do, I find are just, like, lazy, disrespectful, no regard for your time, like, if you can't even be bothered to put on a fucking pair of pants socks and shoes to go and buy groceries you're not gonna respect my time you're just dragging your feet your lazy fucking jack skellington slippered feet across the winco floor just wasting my time and just meandering with your cart full of processed garbage like yeah i just the people that wear it's a breed of person you know it's a, it's a certain type of person. Like, I, I when I say people that wear pajamas in public, I've got a very, very emblazoned idea in my head of what that person looks like. You know? And I'm sure you do, too. Like, it's a certain, like, Walmart shopper kind of kind of person. And the pajamas they wear, they're always, like, just loose, crappy, Walmart character pattern print pants and then a, an oversized you know hoodie to go with it i'm not talking about like raver kids 
that wear Jack Skellington everything and have like wallet chains in 2022. Like that's that's a stylistic choice. I'm referring to just a lazy person that's like, I gotta go do irons. I'm gonna put on my jammies and go ruin Al and the Wizard's day by just dragging my feet in front of him. I'm gonna check out in the 15 item or less self checkout lane and. I'm going to have 25 items and I'm going to be really slow and inefficient at what I do. That's what the way I see people that wear pajamas in public are just slow, inefficient, lazy people. And if you're listening to this and you you're in public wearing pajamas, question your life choices. I hope this is like a wake up call for you. I hope you go, man, I am fucking up. I'm fucking up. Like I wear sweatpants in public sometimes. That's a whole different ball game. Like sweats in public is a choice. It's a stylistic choice. Pajamas in public is just broadcasting to the world that you're just a lazy, uninspired, unmotivated, slow person who makes bad choices. That's that's all I can see when I see if I see someone in public wearing, oh man, in a bank and you're wearing pajamas, I know you're just going to take way too much time to do whatever it is. Like, odds are what you're in there to do, you could just do online uh, or at an ATM. But your stupid ass has decided to go in and waste people's time and energy by just breathing through your mouth and wearing your, your stupid Budweiser patterned pajama pants. I hate you. I can't stand you. Just stop it. Just stop wearing pajamas in public. Okay? And if you must wear pajamas in public, wear pajamas that, like, don't look like pajamas. You know, there are those sweatpants that look like dress pants. Like, they've straight up got belt buckle loops and pockets, and they're cut like dress pants, but they're sweatpants. Those are brilliant. I think those are awesome. Like, if you, if you must... Wear your pajamas in public. At least try to church it up. You know, find ones that are like, I was going to say camouflage. Don't wear camo. That's even worse. Like, pajama pajama pants that don't look like pajama pants. You know, if they look like you got them off the old Navy $5 rack, don't fucking wear them in public. That's for at home, on the couch, eating your pint of ice cream out of the bin, watching Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Don't wear that shit in public. Hey, D and D, Dungeons and Dragons, cool. One of my one of my favorite things. I've wa- I had wanted to play D and D for a long time. The concept seemed cool, but I didn't really know a lot about fantasy or role play or anything like that. Uh, and then one of my good buddies, Jason Justice, uh, Rafe Funk, incredible EDM musician. He uh, DM'd a campaign for us. And the first character I ever got to play was a half-dwarf, half-orc named Vargnar Babylegs Muhammad. And he was a six-foot-one dork, dwork, with the exact same proportions of Peter Dinklage. It was essentially if Peter Dinklage was six foot feet tall. That was what Babylegs was. And what I love about D&D is it's really up to the discretion of the DM, your dungeon master, where 
the game kind of goes and what's allowed and what's not. Um, and the, so the first time playing, I, I built baby legs. I had a little miniature, you know, we're rolling, we're playing, we're having a good time. And we're in the tavern, because that's how all good D&D campaigns start, is in a tavern, hanging out. And someone came up to the table in the tavern, and I rolled for intimidation. And I rolled a nat 20. So uh, my character was supposed to, like, point his wand at the guy and be like, hey, buddy, back the fuck off. And instead, he said, hey, buddy, back the fuck off. And when he whipped the wand, it the spell shot out and just blew his head up. Like, you can't be any more intimidated than that. I intimidated everybody in the room. Uh, and that then, you know, the uh, the barkeep came over. He's like, hey, yeah, yeah, you can't be doing that in here. Whoa, whoa, what are you doing? What are you doing? Uh, later in the game, uh, Baby Legs rolled a nat one and in the middle of battle. And when you roll a nat one, that's a critical failure. You know, whatever you're trying to do, you don't just not do it. You don't do it spectacularly in the most just spectacular way possible. You fail. So in the middle of battle, I roll to, you know, cast a spell or whatever. Nat one, my character doubles over and the DM had him shit his pants. So in the the first 20 minutes of the game, Baby Legs is now a diarrhea wizard. He's a wizard that has IBS when he rolls a nat one, he shits himself and loses HP. Uh, and I, as as the game progressed, like eventually, I learned to like press the digitate, which is where you create something out of thin air. I would press the digitate bottles, glass bottles, and I would pack my IBS waste feces into it, and then I would tie uh, bits of cloth to it and just make it like shitty Molotov cocktails and. The fun thing about Jason being our DM is he would kind of let you piggyback things. So at one point, I cre- uh, my attack was I wanted to create a hurricane or like a tornado just whipping around. And I created that, and then I lit a Molotov, chucked it in on fire, and then the idea was I would use my final spell to like shoot a firebolt at it, or, and that would boom, light it, and sh- send flaming shit everywhere. So that was like a multiple roll kind of thing. So roll to create the tornado. Boom. You know, succeeded. Roll to chuck the Molotov cocktail in. Succeeded. Roll to hit the firebolt. Nat one. <laughs> Nat one. And uh, uh, shit my pants. Lose some HP. And then eventually the Molotov cocktail that's not on fire, just a glass bottle pack full of shit comes flying out of the hurricane and smashes probably on me i don't remember where it went but you know the 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 campaign is now covered in just shit instead of doing damage and that's the joy of dungeons and dragons you know whatever your dungeon master allows and whatever your imagination can come up with is impossible and for that i love D &D. i don't think i'll ever not play D&D at this point. I've been playing pretty continuously since 2019, and I think 2016 was when we I first played Dungeons & Dragons. And then there was kind of a little gap, and we would play, you know, a couple little one-offs here, a one-off there. But I've been playing consistently with my friends since August 2019. 
and that campaign has been going strong. We're finally getting to the point where, like, character arcs are coming together. It's getting really fascinating. It's a lot of fun. And I actually met my girlfriend through the Dungeons & Dragons campaign. So I owe the love of my life to D&D. <laughs> uh, one thing I will say, I used to play fantasy football before I started playing Dungeons & Dragons. And I would say that uh, fantasy football was D&D for jocks. And now I realize, no, it's not at all. Like, D&D is just D&D, and fantasy football is just something to do, you know? You have no control over it. You can plot and scheme as much as you want. You can watch hundreds of hours of football, and you can research hours of information. And at the end of it, you still have no control, you know? You plug your characters in, your characters, you plug your football players in, and you hope for the best, and even just watching your games unfold is fucking pointless. It's about as fucking pointless as watching sports, you know? There's nothing, you don't control the outcome, it's just, it, it, it just goes, you know? It's as exciting as, like, watching a train, you know? It's gonna go from point A to point B, there's, whether or not you watch it, it's gonna reach its destination, you know, maybe it'll fall off the tracks. That doesn't really happen. Like, big rigs get blown over. Trains don't blow over. There's no point in watching a train. There's no point in watching sports. Fuck sports. D&D rules. And, yeah, like I said, I'm going to complain a lot about just things that I hate. And sports is probably going to catch a lot of flack because it's just fucking dumb. You know, sport is fucking dumb. So, next, something uh, that I, I hate... And this might be one of the last topics this week. I might spin the wheel one more time. I don't know. I just wanted to, you know, get in here and try this mic out and just throw it out into the ether. See what comes. But uh, next, Yeti. Yeti brand. I don't get it. I don't get why people are all about it. Like, is it a good product? Yes. Is it overpriced? Absolutely. Like, why do people have Yeti stickers on their cars and, like, hats, merchandise? You know, no one reps Igloo that hard. No one has, like, a fucking Tupperware sticker on the back of their car. Something that we arguably use more. Pyrex. Like, I want to get a fucking shirt that just says Pyrex. Because I, I own a lot of Pyrex. I fuck very heavy with it. You know, they got lids, you can prepare meals in it, uh, you just throw it in a lunchbox and you're done. You can, like, pack uncooked, pre-made meals in there and then just heat it up in the oven. Pyrex rocks! Like, Yeti, it's, it, it's just a way to keep shit cold. They're overpriced thermal mugs. Like, why, why do people just rep a, a cooler so hard? I don't understand it. And like, there's just, you know, a Yeti selection is just all sorts of expensive tumblers and mugs and all different sizes and colors. And But at the end of the day, like any of their competitors, like I got a bunch by a brand named uh, Takaya, Takaya, I don't know how you pronounce it. It's the same fucking thing for half the price. And I'm not rushing out to buy stickers from them because, you know, it keeps my hot tea hot. Or if I put coffee in there, it stays hot for a long time. I'm not repping it. It's not, I don't identify as a Takea mug user. Like, Yeti people are all about Yeti. I don't understand it. 
And it's not, it's not out of like, oh yeah, I'm fucking poor and can't afford Yeti. Like, the girlfriend's got some Yeti stuff. It's fine. You know, the coolers, they're, they're neat looking and they're heavy duty. And yeah, sure, like the rubberized clamps that hold it shut. It's neat. But is it a lifestyle choice? Like, no. But also, I feel like the people that like rep Yeti hard are also people that I just fundamentally disagree with. Like, river rat people. Like, fuck the river. People that are all about the desert, sand dunes, gugh. Gonna go out to Glamis. Like, that's Glamis folk. And hunters. Hunters and Glamis folk are the ones that are all about Yeti. Just things that, like, I disagree with as a person. That's that's the the Yeti target demographic. So, you know, maybe, like, I, it, it's just not aimed at me, you know? I don't get ads for Yeti, thank fuck, but probably after this, I'm gonna, you know? <laughs> now I'm... Just gonna be bombarded with Yeti products. Like I'm, I'm, I'm not against them. I'm against the people that are all about it. I think that's probably what most of my life boils down to. I'm not against the actual product itself. Like I'm not against football. I'm against football fans. People that are like, oh yeah, yeah, we won today. It's like, oh really? What? How did you contribute? Oh, you watched. You put a, a five more cents in Budweiser's back pocket by, you know, supplying ad revenue. Oh, yeah, we're going to the Super Bowl this year. Really? You got tickets? That's fucking expensive. Oh, no, I mean, like, yeah, the Raiders are, or whoever's doing well. I don't know. I don't know a goddamn thing about football. All I know is I won fantasy football one year and literally did not watch a single second of football. I got no problem with the sport. It's fans. It's fucking fans. Like, I got nothing wrong. I got no no qualms with Rick and Morty. I fucking love Justin Roiland and Dan Harmon. Like, those two as creators are great. Uh, Rick and Morty fans? Insufferable douchebags. Like, uh, Pickle Rick! Uh, look at me! Uh, I'm a nihilist! I'm an asshole! Yeah, I want to be like uh, Rick Sanchez! I'm a fucking piece of shit! Uh. And then the whole Szechuan sauce fiasco like man anyone that contributed to that kill yourself just straight up kill yourself if you went to mcdonald's demanding a packet of szechuan sauce and then didn't get it and then you harassed a minimum wage employee that had nothing to do with it selling out or even being there in the first place kill yourself just straight up kill yourself what was i even talking about yeti yeah, if you got a Yeti sticker on your car, don't kill yourself, but, like, think. Like, hmm, why am I repping a cooler so hard? What's wrong with me? Just think. Just think a little more. That's it. All right, we're going to give the wheel a final spin. Let's see what we come up with. Hopefully it's not a trouble. Hey, Donuts! Donuts, donuts, donuts. This kind of rolls into D&D. I got a dozen donuts at home right now. Probably about five left because I bought them for Dungeons and Dragons this week. And then uh, members got sick and we had to cancel. So now I got a shitload of donuts at home. But I love donuts. Arguably the best donut is the just the one off The Simpsons, you know? Just a, a, a nice uh, cake donut with pink frosting and multicolored sprinkles. That is, for me, a quintessential donut. 
I remember getting donuts when Northridge hit. Like, I, I have donuts associated with just so many life experiences. In the Air Force, if you were late, you uh, your punishment was to bring breakfast or some kind of treat for the whole shop. And there was a rad donut place in town. So when people who lived off base would be late, we would get donuts. And that was a great day. When I was late, I did not live off base. So I would get uh, McDonald's breakfast burritos for everybody. But that was the punishment. It was a punishment for you financially. Uh, and I guess since everyone else kind of had to like pick up your slack while you weren't there, they got a treat of like a donut. And I, man, just donuts. I love the pink box that they come in. There's a documentary called Donut King, which was fascinating i think it's on hulu if you haven't seen it check it out if you especially if you like donuts like i i was gonna say i was gonna say i learned a lot from it but i've already forgotten most of it but like the pink boxes that was a choice and like 80 percent of donut stores are owned by cambodian immigrants it's they're all and like if it's a pink box odds are like the ties go back to the guy that like helped boost donuts to the level that they are in america I love 24-hour donut places. There's a place in Menifee called uh, Wolfie Donuts. And Wolfie, there was one in Lake Elsinore, and that was the place that Ariana Grande, Grande, Grandy, uh, famously licked a donut and then was put on blast on the internet for being an insufferable turd who licks donuts and then puts them back. So yeah, Wolfie Donut, that place is open, or was, I don't know anymore, 24 hours a day, which is awesome, because what time do you want a donut? Two in the morning. Two in the morning when I'm in a nice manic state, that's when I want to go just get a, a cup of decaf black coffee, because I do got to get to bed at some point, and a giant donut. And Wolfie is great for that. But in town, we've got one of the just lovely pink boxes. It's the same lady. Miss Donut is the name of this place, the name of the joint. Some of the best donuts I've ever had. And even bad donuts. Like, I love, like, the Entenmann's, uh, like, mini donuts. Just the chocolate-coated. I bought a bag of those last Sunday. Not even a week ago. Brought them to work. Ate the whole thing. Love them. Donuts. I, I, can't, I can't sing their prizes enough. They're, they're the perfect food. And they're really not even that bad for you. Like, sugar-wise carb wise caloric wise like overall they're actually you can have like a donut a day and be just a moderately active person and it's totally fine i love donuts i love all types donut holes are awesome like sometimes that's all i want you know just give me six like a half dozen donut holes not six half dozen half dozen donut holes just a little bag and a coffee and that's a perfect treat just man, my stomach's rumbling. I don't know if you heard that, but I'm gonna definitely go annihilate the last of that box as soon as I'm done here. Thanks, spinning wheel, farting spinning wheel, for getting me to talk about donuts. And we get to go out on a positive note, you know. I'm gonna wrap it up after this. But donuts, like, what a great way to end it. I got a smile on my face right now. I'm sure you can hear it in the tone of my voice, you know, versus how I was talking about sports a few minutes earlier. Now I'm talking about donuts, and I'm in a I'm in a great mood. I'm, I can't even I can't even think of anything else to say. So I'm gonna wrap this shit up because I'm gonna go eat donuts right this second. Uh, but this is it. This is uh, episode 101. You know, season one, episode one. If you listen to this, thanks. Uh, if you got something you want to hear, comment. If if you don't want to hear anymore, 
just don't tune in. If if you found it enjoyable, uh, come on back. I'm going to try to do these weekly. I'm not going to try to pack them too heavy with nonsense filler that's going to take me too long to do. It's just it, we're going to we're going to do a podcast. We're going to talk about things that I love and things that I hate and you're going to listen. <laughs> All right. Uh that's going to do it for today. Thanks for listening. Alan the Wizard. Peace out, shitheads. <laughs>